right, welcome back to Blair and Barker. 4.38 tomorrow will be the first pitch on Sportsnet 590, the fan at Sportsnet Game 1 of the American League wildcard series between the Blue Jays and the Twins. Shai Davidi will join us in a few minutes. He is on the ground in Minnesota. Jason Stark of The Athletic will join us as well. We'll take a look around. Uh, we'll take a look around uh, the baseball playoffs, the wild card, and also talk a little bit about the news out of New York yesterday. Buck Showalter announcing that he was given the choice of resigning or being fired. And it sounds like he just kind of said, yeah, whatever. <laughs> we'll talk to Buck Showalter about, or, or to, uh, to uh, it'd be great to talk to Buck Showalter, but we'll talk to Jason Stark about that, uh, about the vacancy with the New York Mets. Uh, Dave, uh, and, and, uh, you know, we'll see where, see where, where that opening goes. It's an, it's an intriguing opening. Um, but I think it's got to be the right dude to go in there. Is it intriguing? Yeah, I think it is, but it's gotta be, you you, you got, you gotta, you gotta have the the new GM slash president of baseball ops. Dave Stearns is in there. You, you've, you've got to, um, he's got to have your back. He's got I mean, he's basically going to pick one of his dudes. It's got to be one of his guys. You've got to you've got to have that strong general manager between you and ownership in order to uh, in order to be able to pull that off. And you know you just have to hope that they're going to resign Pete Alonso and 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 move on. Got to be patience there. You think they can have patience in New York? See, I don't think you need. I don't think you need patience there. I think given the fact the way the wild card is set up now. I think getting into the postseason is easier than it's been in the past. And, um, Mm. you know, I I think in some ways, you know that the Braves are a really good team. Uh, In some ways, it might be even a little, it might even be a little easier. But let's bring in Jason Stark Mm. uh, of The Athletic. Jason, thanks so much for joining us on Blair and Barker today. Before we take a look around the MLB at the postseason matchups, just wanted to get your sense. I understand it's early, but your sense of, who of, of what type of person the New York Mets might be looking for uh, to, to replace Buck Showalter? Well, uh, happy October, guys. Let's start mm-hmm. with that. Thank you. Um, you mean like a Craig Council kind of person? <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. <laughs> that was easy. That's it. <laughs> I, you know, um, I just talked to Buck Showalter the other day. I don't think he was shocked that this happened, although uh, it's kind of unprecedented to ask a manager to announce his own firing, which is what they did. Um, Mm -hmm. Buck cleaned up a mess there, and he's really good at managing. And I I feel sorry for him, and I think he's a loss for the Mets. But I also know David Stearns very well. And just the styles of the two humans in question were not going to coalesce. You know, I wrote a piece a couple of years ago about managing and how it's changed. And this is emblematic of it. Um, you know, there are managers and there are middle managers, right? And there, mm-hmm. and the middle managers are managers who essentially follow a script written for them, for that game, for that series by the front office. And so when they talk these front offices about collaboration, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for someone who is willing to follow the script and then adjust if, if the wheels come off. But 
That's a very important part of modern managing. And Buck isn't, Buck isn't that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I've heard him talk about this a million times about what happens when the game doesn't follow the script. <laughs> you know? And in the, in the piece I wrote, I can't remember what year this was, I quoted uh, a, a high-ranking modern front office type guy who said, it's very hard to walk into the office of a Buck Showalter or a Dusty Baker and say, this is how we want the game managed tonight. And so the manager that the Mets hire will be somebody, I think, who will be comfortable with the front office walking in and saying, this is how we'd like the game managed tonight. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's uh... – I, I like I can't decide whether it'd be a great place to be a manager or mm. I mean it'd probably be a great place to be Craig Council, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> can he do, can he do that, Jason? Can he can he be told what to do in game? He, he's worked with David Stearns, right? And yeah. so he he would know exactly what he's getting himself into. Craig is extremely bright. Um, he he's the prototypical modern manager because he'll listen to all the input that you want to bring him. But if the game veers in a different direction, he knows what you're thinking and he knows what should be done. And he'll just on the fly, he can handle any player from any background. And I, I, I've heard a lot of people say, well, it's a lot different media market in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. No kidding. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I've I've known him since he was a player. I've talked to him a lot as a manager. I find it really hard to believe that he couldn't handle the media in New York because, you know, look, I'm I'm a I guess I would qualify as a member of the the large market media or whatever you know. And he uh, we all seek him out because he's so interesting, mm-hmm. and he he already has built relationships with a lot of the the people in the media that he would need to build those relationships with. I, I, I'm sure he could do it. Now, whether he wants to do it is another story. I can't answer that. Uh, well, he, I don't know. He, he may want to do it after the news about uh, Brandon Woodruff today. Um, boy, that's just about the worst news for a team. Uh, a, a team can get on the, uh, the eve of a playoff. Brandon Woodruff yeah, that, out for the wild card, possibly the postseason with the shoulder injury. There, there, there have been some, ominous rumblings about that over the last few days. I'm sure it wasn't a, a, a shock to them, but it really damages their chances. I think they're going to lose that series to the Diamondbacks. I, mm-hmm. I do. Um, you know, I, if you watch the Diamondbacks play over the weekend, you'd think uh, you must be nuts to think they're going to, they're going to beat the Milwaukee Brewers with all the games in Milwaukee, but I almost felt like they were picking their opponent. I don't think they wanted to play the Phillies. Mm-hmm. They, the the Brewers are built for them because they run, and the Brewers don't control the running game. They only threw out twenty base throws the whole season. Yeah. So if the if it sets up the way I could easily see it setting up, that's an upset special. Jason, why why shouldn't I be upset at myself for not talking about the Dodgers enough this year? <laughs> How they win a hundred games, Kevin? Yeah, <laughs> I I I mean it. Yeah. Um, if you look at their team versus last year's team, right, which won all those games, mm-hmm. and 
I mean, I know that there's a drop-off, okay, in how many they won, but look at their look at their team and all the free agents they let walk, starting with Trey Turner and Justin Turner, and all the pitchers that they lost. And I, I actually I, I decided that Dave Roberts was the manager of the year, which I wrote that, and that's, that hasn't been a real popular choice. <laughs> but um, it's about more than money. This is some of the stuff that I noticed about their team. Twelve rookie pitchers, mm-hmm. ten second basemen, nine left fielders, seven center fielders, seven right fielders, nine players bouncing around the left side of the infield. And now they're going to get to October, and they really don't even have a rotation outside of Clayton Kershaw and the home run machine that is Lance Lynn. It's it's amazing that they are where they are. So I I don't think you're alone. A lot of people look at them and think, uh, they're, they're not that good. Really? We'll see. How surprised were you at how the Texas Rangers handled this weekend? You know, look, I understand. You make the playoffs for the first time in a while, you want to celebrate. But, you know, I, I, watching, watching them on Saturday and thinking to myself, man, if there's a team that needs a bye to, to, to find some pitching someplace, to, I don't know, figure out something they can do with their, with their bullpen, uh, it was the Texas Rangers. Uh, they went nuts Saturday. And came out Sunday, and uh, you know, I, I guess it was George Kirby broke up, broke out a knuckleball as well. I, I, I think in, in in that particular game, uh, are we surprised at that? Because I, you know, going take a look at social media, there were a lot of Rangers folks who kind of were surprised that they maybe took their eye off the ball there a little bit. Yeah, I agree, and you know, I I have so much respect for Bruce Bochy. Um, when he tells when he tells his team, you deserve the right to celebrate. Okay, he's right. But then you got to show up for work the next day, don't you? Mm-hmm. And they didn't show up. And what's the reward for that? They don't get home field. They don't get a buy, and they have to, to jump on a plane and make the least convenient flight in <laughs> baseball, right. Seattle to Tampa Bay. Yes. And play a 99-win team with all the games in the trap. Uh, I think they're going to get swept, yep. to be honest with you. Um, they're built on their offense, which scored zero runs yesterday, and now has to figure out a way to score against a really tough pitching staff that just keeps bringing great arms at you from all kinds of different angles and at, at unexpected parts of the game. The, the Rays are a really tough team to play anyway, but I think especially if you're a team constructed like the Rangers. See, Jeff wanted to play Tampa Bay instead of Minnesota, and I said I'd what? rather. Yeah, that's what, that's what I said. <laughs> I sort of said it the same way you said it. Can I, do, well, can I defend for a while? Can I defend he was, myself? He was like tripling up on it today. Yeah, I, I want to hear this. No, I I, can I defend myself? First of all, the Twins hit Kevin Gossman hard. They have throughout his career, they got something on him. Uh, even the games this year when he was a little better, still took him 106 he pitches. In Minnesota. It took him 108 pitches to get through five and a third innings. <laughs> um, and and it, the, the, another game here, I think he threw 106 pitches to get through four and a third innings. So um, I also, when you're a team that, 
I mean, essentially, I've given up on them offensively. I think they are what they are. Their best strengths are outfield defense, defense in general, and pitching. I'd rather play in an indoor environment, in a neutral environment. I understand it's not going to snow in Minneapolis tomorrow. But I just, I, I would rather eliminate all those, all those things. And I will admit this. At the time I said this, Kevin... I de- I I assumed Boy. that yet you- no circle I thought- the wagon circle the wagon I thought that the injury issues for the Rays would be yeah. would be really concerning now apparently Yandy Diaz is fine mm-hmm. to go so I'm I'm that's yeah. just there you go that's just me defending myself <laughs> okay so um, plus they've uh, only lost they've gone they've been one game under 500 at the trop for the last three years it's not a house of horrors anymore they play the Rays better in the trop than they do at the Rogers Center. Well, it's not a house of horrors because there's not a lot of human beings in it. I, I think that could potentially change in uh, in October. But, look, we had um, Dan Schulman and Buck Martinez on our Starkville podcast a couple weeks ago. And I told them then I thought the Jays were way better off losing and being the third wild card than being the second wild card because it would get them out of the AL East Invitational, you know, where they would have had to beat the Rays and the Orioles. This is true. Uh, this is simple math. They were 10 games under 500 against the AL East, as you guys know, and 26 over against everyone else. Um, I, I just I like the path now. Uh, I'm, I'm aware of the stuff that you mentioned. Um, the Twins, can they can pitch. They have an interesting position player group. I'm, I'm just skeptical about how much they'll score against the Blue Jays pitching. Mm-hmm. I, I guess there's a question about how much the Blue Jays will score. But I, I think this sets up well for them. I think the Twins are beatable, and I think the Astros are beatable. I agree with you on the, I, I agree with you on the Astros. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Have you changed your mind about the Orioles? Do, do you? I, don't, I think the last time I talked to you, you might agree with me in saying that the Orioles were the best team in the American League, I believe. I don't want to put words in your mouth. He, they are for yeah. me. They are for me. I know the Astros look better. They're hitting more. The two behemoths at the top of the rotation look better. Their bullpen sort of might be the little hiccup, right? I mean, the Orioles, can they make a serious run at this thing? No closer. Really no experience, you know, when the lights are the brightest. I don't even know if that matters anymore. It might have more to do with they have better talent than everybody else. I that. Does experience really matter? Or can they make a, a really serious run, do you think, is my question. Uh, I, we just did our staff predictions. I picked them to win the World Series. Over the Braves. You know, I'm on MLB Network, and we debate this stuff all the time. And I, I, I feel like I've been with a bunch of people looking for every reason not to pick the Orioles. And when I watch them, I feel like they've got something special going on. They've got the best record against the good teams, right? Yep. The winning teams 500 or better in the American League. They have the best road record in the American League. They have the best record inside their division of any team in the league. And by the way, it's the best division ever. <laughs> they have the best record against teams outside their division of any division in history. So there's all that. That's a body of work that tells you how good they are. Um, the rotation is better than it was at midseason. John Means just came back, and he's been great. He hardly gives up a hit. Grayson Rodriguez is special, and I, I think that rotation now runs four deep. They pushed John Flaherty to the bullpen. Um, 
it was really interesting to see Wells in there closing a game the other day. He was leading the league in, in whip when they sent him out to kind of retool him. They're, I just feel like we're underestimating him because we're so conditioned to them losing 111 games or whatever. It's a really good team. Mm. Uh, before we let you go, I want to I want to talk about the Marlins and Kim Ng. Like, look, I I don't expect the Marlins to necessarily to necessarily win that series, but are they creating something, if not sustainable, because that's a tough division? Are are they at least creating something, Jason, that they can build on in 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 Miami? Yeah, I don't know about that. I I give them a chance to win the series. Okay. By the way, mm. um, you know they've the, they've got a ton of left-handed pitching, and at, the thing about the Phillies and the way their lineup is constructed with Harper and Schwarber in particular, um, they they have the arms that can neutralize the Phillies' biggest bats. So that's a huge factor. And I, I, I mean, I, I didn't pick them. But I could easily see a scenario where they win that series. Wow. Um, but how sustainable is it? I mean, if if all their big arms are going to keep getting hurt, it's not sustainable. Okay, um, I, they'll be now without Sandy Alcantara. I'm going to guess for all of next year. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sisto Sanchez, the guy who threw 105 miles an hour, you know, I haven't seen him in three years. Right. Uh, Yuri Perez, best young pitcher a lot of people saw all year just in terms of raw stuff. He's not available now. Um, it's still based on pitching. They're pesky. They found ways to score and come back late in games, but there's not nearly enough offense there. So if their pitching is going to be great moving forward and they can supplement it with a with a, a shrewd move here and there then it's sustainable but i don't i don't think there's enough sustainability given all the pitching health questions jason we appreciate your time as always we're going to let you scoot should be a lot of fun yeah. it always is the wild card round is uh is terrific and i think you're right i think there's going to be a couple of surprises here yeah. thanks for this man thanks buddy you got it october madness oh, have fun absolutely awesome. be well thank you it is jason stark of the athletic and also uh the starkville podcast which is terrific he and doug glanville uh a terrific mm-hmm. a terrific podcast um again the other series texas and tampa bay Arizona, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and Miami. Interested that that and Jason's Jason sees more of the Phillies than just about any other team. Interesting that he would think that Miami might be able to 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 pick on. Them. I look I, for baseball's sake. I hope not. You really, yeah. I, I, I really don't you. want to watch them play the Braves. Like I just don't. I, yeah. So for base, I mean, I'm not nothing against the Marlins. Good for them. They made, like- the, they made the playoffs, but I want to see the Phillies and the Braves play. George Springer just concluded his media availability at Target Field. It is the off day ahead of tomorrow's first game of the AL wildcard series between the Twins and the Blue Jays. George Springer, well, George Springer was brought into the city and given $150 million for this time of year. Let's see what he says about it. George, you're no stranger to postseason games. Um, From your experience, what generally is kind of like the X factors in, in kind of winning a series? Um, I mean, it can be anything. There's nothing really, honestly, in in specific that I can point to. You know, there's there's 
a lot of the obvious stuff. You know, there's a big hit, a big pitch, a big play. Um, but there's also stuff as small as, you know, getting a guy over. Um, you know, that, that can matter. You know, having a long at bat or, you know, man, a guy getting, you know, an extra base. You know, there's a lot of small things that matter. And, you know, I mean, that's just all you got to try to do. Just wondering what do you see as, like, the strengths of this team and maybe how do you think you guys are better suited um, for the postseason maybe compared to last year? Um, well, one, you know, I, I don't think there's any substitute for experience. Um, you know, the, the, the more times you play in these the atmospheres, um, the better. Um, so, you know, obviously for us, you know, getting back here again um, is huge. Obviously, it's not in our home ballpark, but, you know, it's uh, a good place to play. You know, it's a, expected to be unbelievable atmosphere so i just think for us um you know just be who we are you know go, go out and do whatever it is that our team knows how to do and we'll see what happens at the end of the day george with no lack of experience but you're one of the people that have actual experience playing on the road in the postseason blue jays had home field advantage in the wild card and then 2020 was very strange for all of us what is the biggest difference being on the road um you're just in a hotel you know, you're, you're not at home. Um, you're not in your own bed. You're not doing the things that you would normally do at your house. Um, I think at the end of the day, you know, but being on the road, you, you expect it to, to be loud. You expect to, to, to have the other, um, you know, the, the other fans be into the game. Um, they You almost expect it to be anti-you, which is okay. Um, you know, that this is what, what you play for. So for, for, for us, obviously, yeah, you know, we, we were at home last year. But, you know, you know here we are now, and it's – Exciting time for for uh, our whole team. What got you right down the stretch, and how much of a relief is it for you, if any, to sort of seemingly be feeling good with your swing going into the playoffs? Um, I don't know. You know, I just think it was kind of a weird year. You know, I know I hit the ball a little bit better than the numbers show, um, but that's okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not a big stack guy. I just think. For me, it was just you know slowing things down, you know, understanding that there's a lot m- more I could do, um, you know, to to be productive and 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 to be positive. Whether that's you know getting a guy over again, you know, not not under, you know not trying to do too much in a certain situation, um, you know, getting the next guy up, um, you know, just along at bat. And I think just you know for 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 me, just being able to slow things down a little bit more, um, you know, helped. It's George Springer. Uh, doing his media, media availability today. I mean, I had this idea that at some point in the last month, the Jays just kind of looked at each other and said, yeah, this is what we are offensively. Let's just try to make it work. I guess. I, I'm i not real sure about that. I, 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 <laughs> I think if they want to make a decent run in the playoffs, they don't have a choice. I, I mean, I understand pitching and defense will get you a little – you know, place in the in the playoffs and may get you to the playoffs. But to get you deep into the playoffs with just that, I it's gonna be real tough. Like there I mean, George Springer's what, seven for his last thirty two. That that ain't good enough. It's mm-hmm. just not. Like we could surprise that, Are you surprised that you, we haven't seen No, then you hear him saying, I gotta get a guy over. No, you don't. Like I that's not why they're putting you in the leadoff spot. You're not a normal leadoff hitter. That that right there will tell you mindset. Well, I just don't understand that. Who is having conversations with these dudes? Like that part of it, I just don't understand. Like it's it's you tell Dalton Varsho in the nine hole to get a dude over like it, that, that. That I just don't really. It's understand. almost as so, if they. It's almost as if they realize that they aren't going 
they aren't going to be a team that is going to bash. Yeah, the They're first, just the not. The first step is to believe, though. Man, you got to believe. And it's up to whoever's around them, in the room with them, to make them believe it. Even if this ain't happening. Even if you're 7 for 32 in your last little games going into the playoffs, which you basically are falling into it. You ain't running into it. I just... It's just listening to that. I, I just I look. I, they got a good team, but man, the the conversations offensively, it's disappointing. It just it is. I he's a really good hitter. He should be talking about. I'm getting my pitch, boy. I live for this. I wake up in the morning, can't wait for October. That's what you want to hear. Not getting a dude over. But you know what? That's not, come on. I don't think that's his for per- Brandon Belt. I don't think that's his personality. Uh, maybe it should be. I mean, you gave him 150 large. They, I, I hate to keep coming back to how much they gave him. They didn't give him that to get a dude over. They didn't. That, that's the thing, right? It's If you don't believe it, you ain't going to do it. Especially nowadays, these dudes throw us hard. And you, quite frankly, are one of the guys that are slugging really bad against the fastball that are 95 plus. You're the guy. Maybe the reason, because you hear him talk, maybe that's some of the reason. Maybe that's nothing to do with his age or how many swings he's taken, or maybe it's just game planning and believing that it ain't for me leading off with this team good enough to just get a dude over. It ain't. So I, that's what I said. I look for. I said this, and I'll continue to say it. I've, I'm past the conversation of Vladdy carrying this team. If it happens, that's gravy. It's good, not good for us. Yeah, but but this dude, because he's been here and we've actually seen him do it. And the way the bottom of the order looks now, because they've sort of figured out, right, simplify it, go down there, you're getting haters. You're hitting eighth and ninth. You're getting it. That's what they're going to throw you. Hopefully you hit one of them, get on base for this dude. Not to get you over, to backspin 97 in the gap. That's all. That And it just sounds like the conversation is backwards. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking this. Maybe I think too highly of these guys. Or it's entirely possible. Because I watch them. Or it's entirely possible that George Springer, in the time-honored tradition of people at the podium, is just basically giving the easiest answer to the question. Yeah, I don't think so. That's entirely possible. I think he's given a lot of answers. I think this time, again, this time of the year is why they brought him here, is to, is to answer questions like, yeah, yeah, sometimes they ain't good enough to get, it, get a guy over. Bo ain't hitting behind me anymore. I'm a driver here to drive that dude in. Like the October is why I'm getting paid. I, you know, he don't have to say the paid part, but he can say I've I've done some things in the playoffs. I can get it down and get it singing. That's sound like you got like that's all. Maybe again, I think really highly of that guy because of what he's done this time of the year. And you listen to Paul Molitor talk about just how hard the difference is between 162 and when October rolls around. It's a different animal. And when guys have had success doing it, you want to listen to them and, and hear how they do it. I don't, I just, I, I wouldn't want to hear my best, one of my better hitters say, I want to get a dude over. No, you don't. Shy Davidi is Sportsnet's MLB Why'd you get insider. Me fired up for it? You did that. She did, you did that. You know how to well, do every that. Every now and then, you got to get you. Get your uh, do you do you am I over? No, you're, you're you're right, but I'm I just my point is I don't think you can fool the players. And, and we started hearing in September, Man. we started hearing dudes talking about 
You know, and even if Don Mattingly, Donnie Baseball sure. came out and said, you know, we're not we're not a team that's going to win with a three-run home run. We're going to have to do we're going to have to do little things. We're going to have to put stuff together. And I, I, I think that's what. I mean, I think these guys real. Matt Chapman realizes I haven't been that good this year. Alejandro Kirk realizes I got no power. Matt Chapman's hitting eighth. But, but my point is, I think all these guys now. They have this feeling that this is that this is this is how they are, and this is what they have to do to win. Got three more years left on that deal. Three more years. Yeah, I mean, you get worked up with, with the money. No, I'm not getting worked up. The I'm money saying, doesn't matter. I'm, yeah, I'm the, saying he's money getting, doesn't matter. I, mean, boy, money, I, could, I couldn't disagree more. The money doesn't like, matter. I could, I could not dis. Boy, I could not dis. Why then? Why pay anybody? Why? Why would another team give Matt Chapman any money if it doesn't matter? The, the, You're bringing him in there no, to make what, your team. What I'm saying is, we know. Better. What I'm saying is, we know that to bring a free agent into Toronto, you got to give him more money yeah, in more years I, yeah, than you usually I do. I understand that. That's but it. You did it because of what he's done in October. Because you think your team is ready, and he's the final piece. That's why you brought him here and gave him the extra whatever you had to give him. I, that's all. I. I, hopefully he can do what he's been doing in the past in the playoffs is get that big time hit when they really need it because they really need it. Like they're going to need that. Shai Davidi is Sportsnet's MLB insider. He's at Target Field in Minneapolis. He'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fans. Thirty-eight will be the first pitch tomorrow. Game one of the American League Wild Card Series from Target Field. Blair and Barker will be on from four o'clock to the first pitch. We'll be around for Blue Jays talk following the game. I'm nervous. Huh? I'm nervous. Why? October. Not us playing. What? You got your twins, man. There's nothing to be nervous. About. What are you talking about? It's not my twins. It's nothing an easier road. Nothing to be nervous about. Nothing to be nervous about. Don't have uh, to go to that. They're they're going to stomp on Texas. Don't have to go to that house of horrors in Tampa where you've oh they're going to where you're one game under 500 each of the last three years. Don't mm. want to do that. Where you scored 20 runs this year, where you won two of the last three in the final series. Hey, everybody, everybody there. has their opinion. That's they're in, true. They're in the playoffs. That's true. Even Some though they're bad opinions. Shite, shite of Edia Sportsnet's MLB insider. He is in the Twin Cities. How you doing, shite? All right, guys, what's going on? Uh, you know, talking a little baseball, getting ready for a little wild card action. Simple mm. question for you. Jay's leading in the ninth inning. Not Who gets simple. the ball tomorrow? <laughs> Great question. Does it depend on which pocket Oh, it's pockets. The, the, oh the, pockets. the Twins are at that time? It, it sure feels like we're into the pockets stage of the season, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, before, before that happened, uh, what was that, Friday? Yeah. Or Saturday. 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 Before before that happened, I would have said unequivocally Jordan Romano. Mm-hmm. And now I I don't know. Like, I mean, that's I I can understand why they did it at that point in time. And I can see I can understand the logic in it. It's just to do that sort of right at this point of the season opens up a, a whole conversation that you probably don't want to be having in October, right? Mm-hmm. So I uh, you know, I, I think where you come down to, it's not like 
you're like mixing and matching and just hoping that one guy is going to be okay. It's like, do I want 98 or do I want 101? You know, I think that's where I think that should be a point of comfort and that this isn't the conversation where, you know, the Blue Jays have been at different points in different seasons where you're making it up a bit in the back end. Uh, that's not the case right now. Even 2020, when they were sort of making it up there with the Bass a little and Romano a little and Delise a little and just how is it going to work out at any point in time than beginning at 21? I mean, it's not that. It's just you go to 1A or do you go to 1B? Shy, I think it was, if it was always 98, they'd probably go to Romano, but it's a lot of 94s <laughs> and, and, you know, submit mix and sliders. And I, I like it. Like, this is sort of October. Uh, they don't really have a no-brainer. Like, they don't, they don't have that guy that, you know, you solidify this inning and everybody else sort of fills in the blank. They don't have that guy. They got to fill in the blanks with a bunch of dudes. They're good, they're good options, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a harsh interpretation of it, right? Like, every closer takes some damage once in a while. Like, they're, they're, this, this, there are no more Mariano Rivera's mm-hmm. in, in this world. So, uh, I just think that the hitting has gotten too good and, uh, guys are so used to seeing velocity that even a hundred doesn't phase anybody anymore because you're seeing it. So I, I think that it, it really comes down to who do you feel is pitching better at a given point where Mano had a couple outings that didn't fall his way before, uh, before uh, Saturday. And so, you know, Hicks had been rolling, uh, but then, you know, Hicks had a great ninth and then the 10th. Uh, you know, I, I know there's the ghost runner on second and everything, but it's, you know, hard contact right off the bat. And then the walk to Tapia is the one where you're like, you can't walk that guy. So, you know, I, I don't think that it's, I don't think either way, it's like you're sort of lay your head on your pillow, but I don't know that that, that it really exists today. So, uh, you know, I think that it's just a product of where the game is. Uh, and a product of how volatile some best pitching can be. Yeah, give me a pick to click. Mine is George Springer because of the way the bottom of the order is, because of who's at the bottom of the order. I think one of those two guys is going to get on base. They'll do something. I think George needs to, if this team's going to make a little decent run, he's going to have to do some things. That's my pick to click. You got one? Sure. I think I, I like that one. I. This is easy, but just Vladdy. Right. Like, you know, Vladdy has a big series in the middle of the lineup and we're, we're having a very different conversation. And, uh, you know, it's in there. We've talked ad nauseum about what a bizarre season this has been for him and sort of the ups and downs, but he's been, he's grinded through it. He's had some nice, uh, some nice games in recent days. I mean, this, the, he's, he's probably the guy most capable uh, on this team of picking the, the club up and carrying them on his back. Uh, be a pretty good time right now if he did it. Shy, what are you what are you hearing about uh, lineup? De- I'm sorry, roster decisions for this team uh, going into this this round. It's 10 a.m. tomorrow, correct? Is when they have to set it. That's right, and uh, I, I'm not I'm not sure if that's Eastern or local. Probably Eastern, I would guess. But uh, the it, it sounds like the Blue Jays are going to go 14-12, and it sounds like it's going to be Cam Eden. Uh, uh, who will take that 14th spot as a position player. And, you know, the Blue Jays called him up. You know, that was my initial thought right away. Okay, this is an audition to see if they're, if he's going to look comfortable enough to come in and pinch run. And uh, the Blue Jays have done nothing but liked what they've seen from him. Uh, you know, even, even something as simple as, uh, you know, was it two weekends ago in Tampa, 
when he took third on a George Springer ground ball to short that most guys aren't advancing on, mm-hmm. you know, he, he broke and he's a blur and he's gone. And there's no chance, uh, even if you're an aggressive shortstop to make a play there. So that kind of speed, that type of instinct and base running ability, I think the Blue Jays feel pretty good about it. There are going to be potentially opportunities where you may want to run for Kirk late in the game or run for belt late in the game. Uh, it just makes too much sense to have that guy and then to have sort of not have to burn another position player uh, or to sort of burn or worry about burning up someone who you might want to use in right. another role uh, just to pinch run. So uh, I think that's where it goes. And then, you know, I think the 12 pitchers, it's the, the, the 13, just take Ryu from the 13 guys they have right now. That's probably what they're rolling with. Uh, the, the way the past has went with Kevin Gosman, how do you think or what do you think Petey will be looking for, that's Pete Walker, the pitching coach, will be looking for, say, first couple of innings with Kevin? I think always if he's got the, the good fastball velocity, then he's going to have a little bit more velo on the splitter. And if the splitter is carrying the zone a little bit with some of that velo, uh, and he's got that one that he can beat you in the zone with, then it's going to be a very tough day for the opposition. And uh, and I'm trying to remember, I do think it was here in Minnesota. So he had two outings against the Twins. One went well and one didn't go well. And I'm pretty sure the one that went well was here. It was. Uh, during the series in June. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you know, he's got he, – he's had success in this ballpark. He knows what to do. Uh, the lineup's a little different. But again, if if, the, his, if he's got the good velo and he's going to be coming off extra rest, we know the difference in the numbers on short versus extra rest for him this season and the boost that that's provided. I mean, if he's having that kind of day, then the Twins are going to have a tough time. Sure, you know, it, it's interesting when people do their position-by-position breakdowns and compare these two teams. If you had told me a couple of years ago that you'd be looking at shortstop and saying the Jays have a considerable edge defensively over the Twins with Carlos Correa, I wouldn't have believed you. We don't talk enough about how much Bo has improved his defense, do we? No, and, you know, I, we did a segment on this on, uh, on uh, Blue Jay Central a couple of weeks ago, and it was pointing out uh, some of the great plays that he's made in, in recent days. And uh, some of it is just the instinctual stuff, uh, but he's become automatic with the routine. Uh, he's, been, he's been very good uh, going over to his right and, and picking balls from deep in the hole. His throwing has become uh, very, very strong. And I, I thought two of the best plays that he made this year, one was they're similar. One was against the Red Sox. And one was against, I'm blanking on who it was, but just um, ground balls, maybe it was in New York, uh, ground balls uh, to the hole with the infield in, and he makes a throw home to get a runner and uh, where you think, okay, that, that's a run that's being surrendered there for sure. So uh, I think all those things have been super important uh, to the Blue Jays' success. And, yeah, I've really been quietly in the background because of just how much Bo's offense often ends up stealing the show. Shy, is there any chance that Alejandro Kirk does not catch all three games? Uh, I mean, maybe not all nine innings of each game, but, yeah, he's catching all three games. Okay. I mean, I, I, I don't think there's uh, – I, I mean, up until yesterday he'd caught uh, – or I guess yesterday was technically October, so he caught every game in September. So yeah, he caught all but 44 innings, I believe, in September, something like that. So, yeah, I don't think that there's going to be a sudden deviation from that at this point. You know, he's, uh, it's, he's 
I, and it's not just from an offensive perspective, but obviously the offensive piece is significant, but similarly significant is just how strong he's been defensively, uh, throwing, receiving, game calling, all those things. You know, he's really made himself, I mean, he already was a very strong defender and he's really taken a step forward in this month with uh, in Jansen's absence. So, yeah, I can't imagine a scenario where unless there's some physical issue, why? that he's not catching all three games. Last question before we let, we let you run. Do we know who gets the ball in game two? Ooh. <laughs> I, I, I haven't had a chance to talk to anybody about that yet. And it's kind of interesting, right? You just think about uh, the month that Bassett has had and how well he's pitched. Uh, I mean, just imagine any of the scenarios of how good Jose Barrios could be here at pitching against the Twins, either to keep the J season alive, or to push them through into the next round. Uh, you know, I think that either way, whichever way you go, um, that you're, you're not going to, you're in a good spot and you're sort of in the coin flip territory. Both guys are stronger against righties and have to work a little bit more against lefties. So it's not that one of them has discernible splits that point you in a direction say, okay, this guy's more obvious. Uh, I don't have a read on that yet, and I legitimately feel like you could go either way. Shy, really good of you to do this. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the Twin Cities, and uh, thanks so much for your time. Travel safely, my thanks, friend. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it, guys. Talk soon. Stable. Shy Davidi, Sportsnet's MLB insider in uh, Minnesota. And again, uh, Sportsnet, sportsnet.ca, Sportsnet 590, the fan. Uh, you won't have to go anyplace else to get all the breaking news, all the insight, all the analysis. Uh, of the Jays' wild card series against the Minnesota Twins. It gets going tomorrow with a 438 first pitch right here on Sportsnet 590, the fan, and Sportsnet. Uh, as part of the media availabilities today, Ross Atkins, the general manager of the Blue Jays, spoke. And I guess the eternal question, the question that everybody's been talking about for much of the year, Ross, what happened to the offense? I'm sure you've... Uh talked about this a bunch this season but i'm wondering how much you guys just sort of racked your brain on why the offense hasn't been as consistent as you would have expected throughout the year and what are some of the things that maybe you've seen show up lately that gives you confidence that maybe maybe they can put the best it's so interesting if i had a great answer for you it wouldn't well you never know right there there's still human beings performing at at a really high level and there's always there's always going to be margins in performance but when you dig deep into our offense and uh, you know wonder why the run production isn't quite as high as maybe some expected or we expected or they expected, uh, there's there's no there's no smoking gun that we can look to to say this is the reason why you can't ask guys to hit balls where you know further or where people aren't. There's just been really good consistency around plate appearances, around swing decisions, around balls that they're looking to do damage on and for whatever reason it just hasn't turned into as many runs early in the year it was runners in scoring position then we had a little bit of lull and power and over the last couple weeks it looks like the offense that um, you know we thought we would see in spring training so hopefully that turns out to be the case in spring during the the next in this series and and hopefully beyond that for the toronto blue jays when you talk about the optimism for the offense that you have um is that more home runs? Is that more the possibility of stringing together a bunch of hits or, or all of the above? 
I, you know, I, really, I, I, I would start with this. that I feel really good about our ability to score runs, and we haven't scored as many this year as maybe some expected or we had hoped. I feel like we have a great chance to do so, and I wouldn't answer A or B on, on your question if it is more or both or C, I suppose. Um, uh, you know, really, I, I think you can, you can look at isolated power. You can look at balls going over the fence and, and see that that's a lower number for some of these individuals. But when you look at the strikeouts, the walks, uh, the contact quality, as you and I have talked about in the past, it's really, really good and usually indicative of getting guys on base. And then the more that we're getting them on base, maybe there's some lineup construction things that, um, you know, we missed on. I, you know, nothing that we can point to or see. But, uh, again, feel really good about the last couple of weeks and feel good about where we're headed. That was uh, Ross Atkins, general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, and again, that that is, I mean, that's been the million-dollar question, right, with this team is um, what's happened offensively. I don't think they like to pass ball up. And for whatever reason as a whole, consistency of trying to figure out ways to combat that just hasn't taken place, and they don't have a cleanup hitter. Like, I, I, have a, I hate to keep continually saying that. That's a giant deal. I wonder protecting Vladdy, how much better Vladdy's season would have been. They know now for – there's no question Vladdy needs help around him, whether that's the hitting coach, whether that's a dude in front and behind. They can, can they can n- not think about that anymore. Like, you don't need to be a smart person to dig into numbers and know that – he needs to be able to walk to the plate, simplify that thing as simple as he can get it, and let the talent that is oozing from his body take over. There's no question. So that that would be the first thing you'd start. And then obviously some guys that are everyday dudes just haven't had good years. Like, you can go through the list. I mean, if you want me to say Chapman, Kirk, Varsho at the beginning of the season, probably not his fault. He's not a cleanup hitter. He's forced into something to carry a team to try to win a World Series. It's just that's way too too much to ask. I tried to do that in the big leagues. It can humble you and destroy you in a hurry. It's not – that wasn't his fault. So – those three things there, and let's be honest, the, the leadoff hitters 20 and 60 should have been or looking for 30 and 90. That's a huge difference, and we've talked about Vladdy forever. So it is very individual. I mean, again, it's a team sport, but individually when your best is not being your best that you were counting on, and that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of guys. Like they're that's you're. I mean, you're sprinkling that. That's like that's five half, guys. That's more than half that's, your that's lineup. A ton, that's a ton. Yeah. So I mean, you can point the finger. You know exactly why. And a lot of it is the fastball. I mean, I, those numbers don't lie, right there. I mean, Jays are tied for thirteenth with twenty eight homers versus ninety five plus. They are twenty fourth with a three sixty seven slug versus ninety five plus. That's it. Whether that's Cant or whoever's spewing the information ain't doing it the right way. That right there just needs to be fixed. Like that, that they need to figure out. Because you go back and you look at the stats, they're basically the same other than them hitting a ton mm-hmm. more homers with traffic that they just don't do this year. And that, for me, has to do with hitting the fastball. If you as a team that are trying to win a World Series don't consistently slug the heater at high velocities, how can we take you serious? So until they figure that out, it's 
And there's a lot of work to be done there. Again, there's some guys that are not coming back, and there's some guys that you could maneuver to where they're not as big a deal next year. So Ross has got his work cut out for him. Like, there's some holes. Yeah. No, yeah it, it, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, and I just wonder, you know, I wonder how uh, how much a good postseason changes that narrative. See, to me, it, it's it's to me, it's almost like you have to separate things. If you have a good postseason, you can't overlook what 162 games showed you about your team. Well, it would help. Oh, it would. But, I mean, I think there are still lessons you learn over 162, uh, broad lessons you learn over 162 that you don't learn in the playoffs. Yeah, see, the power throughout the entire season is all over the place, right, with not very good location. Now you're getting dudes who throw a bazillion who can locate it to your weakness. That's the thing, right? And we'll see if they can lay off those and take the pitcher's pitch to get your pitch. That will be the thing. Well, in a lot of cities, it's the start of baseball's offseason. Uh, we talked about Buck Showalter. We should have mentioned We should mention that the Los Angeles Angels have just announced that Phil Nevin will not be Mac, back as manager. No indication yet as to whether Perry Manassian will be back as general manager, but that's just happening. Boy. Uh, Phil Nevin out as manager of the Los Angeles Angels. And if anybody called me to manage the Angels, the first thing I'd say is, uh, are we getting that guy back <laughs> next year? Are we getting that guy how back? Some, how about some pitch? How about some pitching? How about that? Plethora of pitching. Uh, that is it for Blair and Barker today. A reminder, we will be on 4 o'clock tomorrow, 4 Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the fan and Sportsnet. We will be your pregame show to get you set for first pitch at 438. We'll be doing Blue Jays talk as well immediately following every postseason game, however long the postseason goes. So for all of us here, thanks for joining us. We'll chat again tomorrow.